episode of War Talking Drums is brought to you by Los Cabos Drumsticks, Canada's number one drumstick manufacturer. With 22 models to choose from, you can get the right size, weight, and feel for your playing. Los Cabos Drumsticks. All right. Hello, everybody. It's me, your old pal, Derek, and I'm here with the ever uh, handsome Corey. Hey man. Hey, but hey, how you doing, man? It's been uh, it's been a while since we've talked, man. It's good to see you. I know I've been uh, kind of got crushed with the last few weeks of school and and all of that, but I'm done now. Uh, I didn't get my grades, which is annoying. So I'm assuming I did well, but yeah, who knows? I hope so, man. Yeah, you know, it's nice to be done. It's nice to have some time to just sit and not feel the crushing pressure of deadlines. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of deadlines, how's uh, how's that <laughs> new record going for you? Slowly. Um, so since we're in a stay-at-home order, we can't get together and jam, uh, which is frustrating. But we have decided to start doing some demoing of the new songs, and so for the most part, it's everybody else just doing their parts. Because uh, I really just when we're demoing, I kind of just program drum parts to get ideas out. And then uh, once mm-hmm. we got the guitars down and we can mess with the structure a little bit, I'll probably at some point, um, once the stay-at-home order is lifted, go into the, the jam spot and do some some like rough takes just to get some real drums on them. Yeah, man. That yeah. sounded good so good. far. That's excellent, dude. Uh, it's always good to jam it out, man, and no matter what. I know a lot of guys just all do it all digital till they hit the actual studio, but I always find it's it's way better just to jam it out and figure stuff out that way. You know? Yeah, and I'm going to start, now that I'm done with school, I've got some more free time, I'm going to start playing through them on my electric kit. It isn't mm-hmm. ideal, but I'll at least be able to come up with some ideas and... and uh, you know, hopefully, maybe I even use that to record a few like rough ideas just to take get beats down and stuff. Yeah, man, that definitely works. You can definitely like work out some of the ideas you have in your head because sometimes, uh, at least for me, when I have ideas in my head on what I want to do, and then I sit down to play them, I'm like, that's that's not going to work <laughs> like mm-hmm. at all. So it's good to actually play it rather than going to the studio like, oh, I got this cool idea. Then it just you can't physically yeah. play it because you need eight arms and four <laughs> legs <laughs> yeah definitely i mean i am yeah. a big fan of programming my parts beforehand i find and i'm pretty sure i've said this before on the podcast but i find it takes like my ability out of the writing process so i can put something to the song to make the song sound as good as possible and if i can't play it yet whatever i'll learn it later it'll force me to become a bit better yeah, but, uh, I also find it's a good way to like, you know, just little things like rather than having to do take after take after take of like, oh, well, what does this sound like? What if I play here? Like, what if I want to move my snare onto the and instead of the downbeat or whatever? Um, you can quickly and easily do that when you're programming. You just move the thing. Um, and I've even written parts for songs that made it into the song before that like I messed up when I was programming, like I accidentally clicked somewhere and put a snare where I didn't mean to. 
And then it turned out that it sounded really cool there. So I was like, oh, nice. I'm just going to do that. <laughs> Perfect, man. Yeah. Well, as long as you're not just taking, like, um, you go into Easy Drummer and you take, like, all the the pre- pre-programmed fills and just slap them <laughs> in, and then <laughs> that's what the record ends up being. Like, you really... <laughs> You got to go in there and mix it up, right? Mm-hmm. You can put them in as placeholders, sure, why not? To make the writing process more fluent uh, for like guitars and everything, right? But totally. yeah, when it comes comes to actually working your parts out, like just delete all of it and write absolutely, it yeah, yeah. Typically, what we like do is do typically what we do is like, um, yeah, we'll put those fills in there, and it's literally just. It'd be like, okay, we want like this style of fill. There's something really like Tom heavy, or this is going to be something tappity or something just on your yeah. snare. Um, but when it comes to fills and stuff though, I don't typically write fills very often. Like I'll come up with like a uh, kind of how I want the fill to feel, but I do it a little differently almost every time. Yeah. I'm honestly this kind of the same way. Uh, I don't, I don't like to write the fills. I let the fills write me. You know Ooh. what I mean? <laughs> I just Another, like I know their first T-shirt that, right there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I I know what the type of fill or whatever like kind of segue I want from part to part. So I just like I just do what the part calls for, and that's mm-hmm. you know not. I don't like to overthink my fills or else they end up coming across tacky and probably a little shittier than if I just would play whatever comes naturally. Yeah, I think so too. Like, I think it's easy to become kind of stiff. Um, if you're, if it's too written, um, yeah, I mean, it's a feel the room, man. Sometimes feel the room. Yeah, definitely. And I'm not saying that I do that with every fill. Like some fills, I do the exact same thing every time just because that's how I play it. But, um, like we have a few songs that, and I'll say this with uh, air quotes, like that have like drum solo-y parts that uh, mm-hmm. I kind of, it's like I'm supposed to go a little bit crazy and I could either just write something and do the exact same thing each time or take that opportunity and just kind of like uh, improv something. And that's usually what I do. I'll have a loose idea of what I want to do, but I like to, uh, it just depends on how I'm feeling, you know. Yeah, Half the time sure, I get it man. too. <laughs> Half the time I don't mess it up. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. I usually mess it up. So yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the only time that I I, I play my fills this, the same is uh usually when we're touring. Like before a tour, I will just rehearse songs and that is what I'm playing almost every single night. It's nearly the exact same. But then once we get done with that tour, and I start rehearsing for the next tour, a lot of my fills will change in that time. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I probably do the same way. Yeah, and then I go back and I listen to the record, and I'm like, holy shit, I don't play it like that at (laughs) all. The beats are the same, but holy fuck, did I ever... Like, uh, there's one song, Braving the Storm, off of the uh, Kings Among Men Crimson Shadows record, and I changed a lot of my fills in that song because it just didn't feel that that was one of the the last songs written for the record as well so mm-hmm. it was like kind of we what happened is we we got the 
got back from Valken and like touring and everything like that. And we had like three months to finish the record before we hit the studio. Um, so we had to write like, I think four or five songs as one of the last ones. So I didn't really have like a whole lot of time to really like play it out. So once we are done the record and we start rehearsing for tour, uh, that's when I actually got to work out all of my parts after <laughs> the album's like done and mastered and pressed and everything. And then I was like, fuck, I really wish I did these fills. So I just do them live and it's fine. Fuck it. You yeah. Know? I'm kind of the same way. Whenever like centuries, we had like some of our newest songs on like the last album, the ones that we had just finished writing, I didn't have as much time to sit and, um, you know, pick at things as I did with the older songs. So yeah. there are some things that I change now and it's interesting because it's like when I'm listening to music and I go see a band live, I'm kind of torn because I do like, you know, you, you get used to an album, you start looking at all of these fills that like inspire you and you want to see them play that. And there's that little part of me that's a, kind of disappointed whenever the drummer plays something different. But at the same time, I do that. <laughs> so, yeah. So you can't really get mad, but yeah. I'm the same way, man. Like if there's like a specific fill, I want him to play it exactly like that, or else it's gonna ruin the whole song. Mm-hmm. And but I I do the same thing, so I can't really like complain about it. Yeah, totally. I mean, like I think you know if there's something that is really important in the song, I will play that. It will be written, um, like mm-hmm. something that we're all syncing up or something like that. But for the most part, it's just okay. This was a like a quad fill that i'm supposed to do here i'll i'll do that somehow and uh, i don't worry too much about like doing it exactly the way it was on the album yeah well with crimson stuff like everything's just so quick that mm-hmm. uh and not like i know like that that a lot of death metal is a lot faster as far as bpm but like the the fills and transitions are like like come and go like that so it's kind of like if i do a snare tom tom rather than a tom tom snare like it's really not going to matter it's usually like the same feel going into it mm-hmm. right it's all 16ths and you know that's it right so yeah. yeah and it should be worth mentioning like if somebody does write out their fills that's great like you know i'm not shitting on that by any means because uh, i think it's kind of also like i don't feel like i can do that like, I don't think I can necessarily do the same one uh, every time. It's just like I forget what I'm doing. Yeah, I find it I find it difficult. Um, just it, I, And I find it just... I, I end up putting too much brain power into thinking about doing the same fill every time, and I lose the actual, like, love for the instrument and playing and getting into the song and putting that aggression into my playing, I'm thinking about like, oh, I mm-hmm. have to do this fill perfect and blah, 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 you know, like I'd rather just have, have a really fun time and, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm trying not, not trying to fuck things up too much, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And I guess it's interesting yeah. because it, it probably really depends on how you practice things too, because I'm sure that some people practice their songs and they just, they're like, this is how it goes. Every fill is the exact same. And I guess, the way I do it, the majority of my practice is like I put on a drumless track and not even necessarily a metal one, but that's how I get, you know, I'll just put it on, you know, I'll look up on YouTube, like, you know, 175 BPM drumless track. And I'll just kind of like 
wank around over it. I'll do double bass runs and I'll do blast beats and I'll do big fills and I'll try to make sure that I'm coming in and like finishing my fills where I want. Just kind of getting used to flying around the kit and staying on time. And so Mm -hmm. I guess it makes it a lot easier for me to just ad lib something as opposed to having to know, oh yeah, I'm going to do a two bar fill here and actually have to count it. Yeah, exactly. I I don't know. Like it's just for me. Like I know the feel. I know the part. I know the songs. Like the back of my hand. Like you have to. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna play a song live, um, well, especially if it's like one of our, like our bands that we're in full time, it's a lot different. If you're learning stuff for like session work or or anything like that, mm-hmm. right? Which is another thing. The all. all whole other thing altogether is like it depends on what the band actually wants do they want you to play things exactly like the record or do you have any leeway or whatever right so yeah i personally don't have a lot of experience with session stuff but uh i would imagine that like for the most part i mean i guess if i had somebody filling in i want them to play it pretty much like for the most part the way it is on the record for fills, just transitioning in between parts, it's like, yeah, okay, do a fill here. Doesn't matter if you're yeah. doing exactly the same thing, but as long as it's keeping, like, as long as the song still sounds like the song, that's the main thing, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, it, that's how I feel, too, man. Man, this conversation is me uh, thinking about playing live. Do you remember that? <laughs> you remember oh, yeah. that? Man, I've been craving it so like worse and worse. I thought it was bad a year ago um, when all the shows were passing by. I was like, oh, I was supposed to be playing this festival this weekend. And I was supposed to be here next weekend. And everything was canceled, right? Uh, Mm. But it's like so much worse right now because it's just, it's been so long, man. I know. I remember when they canceled things, I was like, Oh, this isn't so bad. Like we were going to take six months off and work in the album anyway. So now at least we don't have to be like turning people down for shows. But I feel like we got way less work done than we wanted to because they kept shutting everything down. And here we are over a year later and it's just like. (laughs) Then there's no sign of of us, at least here in Ontario, um, being being open back up and things are normal. I know I was talking to a buddy of mine um, who's just outside New York, uh, like near Long Island area. And he's like, man, they, they're supposed to be fully open up and functional by July. Damn. And I'm like, I, I don't see that happening at all for Ontario, at least where we are, man. So, yeah, you know, no good for them. Right now. Um, good. I like, I, I just hope everything's like, "Quote unquote safe" because it. I don't know. I don't like really sit on either side of the fence of this issue because I. I just don't know, man. I don't know, and I'm not going to act like I do. Yeah, we so. just stay in our basements. <laughs> I kind of just do whatever I can mm-hmm. within the guidelines the government set for right now. Yeah, um, that's that's all I can do. You mm-hmm. know. So so back. Uh, Transitioning to our topic of the day. Uh, yeah, back to back drumming. When, uh, back when we were playing shows live, um, I thought we could talk a little bit about um, you know, what was in our gig bags. What kind of things we took to shows that some people might find interesting or useful. Because I know everybody's got something that they like 
swear by or you know, little things so they can repair stuff on the fly or anything like that. So um, kind of like what kind of things do you take with you whenever you like, is there a one item that you were like, I don't go to a show without this. And don't you dare um, say drumsticks or drums. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from the usual stuff, um, like uh, iPad charger was a big one because I would run all my clicks off uh, my iPad. So I always, and I don't have like an iPhone or anything like that. So my regular phone charger and nobody, I don't think at the time anyways, anybody in the band had an iPhone. So there was actually a time where I I couldn't find my charger and I had to ask like everybody in the venue because my iPad was dead, obviously. So that was one thing after that experience. I was like, no, iPad, charger, go together. That's it. Like... I need, and then I make sure I charge it way ahead of showtime, so I don't need to have it plugged in. Uh, and other than that, just extra cables. Nowadays, I I probably make sure I brought some like e tape or and and I usually have a roll of gaff tape. Um, but honestly, it's more electronic cable wise um, that I find breaks on you or can mm. malfunction. Uh, when we were on tour, I used to bring a spare uh, little like two channel mixer, or I guess four channel mixer, because I have like a eight channel. But uh, I'd always have a spare just like in the back of the trailer somewhere, like just in case. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't really help if something got fried on stage and it's like buried in the trailer somewhere. <laughs> I guess it's more of like uh, something gets fried on stage. At least the next show, you know, to use the other one. Yeah, yeah, I have something for the next show. But yeah, yeah though that's that's really my biggest one. I always have like eight drum keys on me, mm-hmm. like in almost every single pocket of my bag and my stick bag and like everywhere on my keychain. So Yeah, uh, I got a number of, of drum keys. I've got one on my car keys, like in a le- little leather like snap thing. Um yeah. I've also got another one on my wallet chain. And this is kind of neat because it's like um I'm sure I've shown you this before. It was just like a regular old drum key, like with like a T shape. And I cut the little handles off. So it ended up just being just like a cylinder. And I drilled yeah. a hole through that. And I, I've got a fairly thick key ring on my, uh, on my wallet chain, like keys. And so I put that through it. So it doesn't like, it takes up barely any extra space in my pocket. And it's always with me. And it's like, it's not great for something where I have to crank really hard, but for little things like, if I realize like, oh shit, I don't have a drum key on me and I need to set my pedals up, I can do that with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is nice. That's good, man. I actually want to do that as well because uh, I don't actually think I have a drum key on my keys right now. My keys started getting out of control and then <laughs> I actually lost uh, a bunch of keys while I was Ooh. working. All of a sudden, like I looked down and like half my keys are gone. They, yeah, it wasn't no anything like crazy, but it was like, you know, like, I don't know. Anyways, a bunch of like locks and, and stuff <laughs> like that. And like the, the remote for the van and stuff, uh, wasn't, I was fucking not happy about that one. But anyways, um, yeah, so no I just, t- I swear I, by I having a wallet chain. I, ah, man, I haven't had one since I was like fucking 14. <laughs> I haven't so not had I'm one not since going I was back. 14. <laughs> 
I'm not going back to that, man. Never, never again. It was, <laughs> I, I went to see, I think, uh, strung out at uh, the cool house in Toronto and they wouldn't allow you to bring a chain in. So I had to chain it to the fence. He's like, if it's here when you get out, then you can have it back. And that obviously it's not there. It's just like sitting outside. So <laughs> that ever since then, I just haven't had one. So that's so lame. Yeah, I know. I've always had one. I swear by it. I've never lost my wallet. Never lost my keys. I do have I've lost car my keys now that are separate. Times. But yeah. Um, but yeah. So Anyways, but one thing that I also take with me all the time is is duct tape. I think everybody should have that. Um, gaff tape, my friend. Gaff tape. I don't know what gaff tape is. What is that like? Painter's tape? No, um, it's 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 it has a similar purpose, but a it doesn't leave any residue or uh, or anything like that. Hmm. Uh, it's just they, it, it's what uh, any tech would use on stage, taping down cables, everything like that, uh, right? So well, good to that's know. What, that's what you want to have. It's more expensive than duct tape, but duct tape can uh, be so annoying. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's what like I got crazy right now. Residue so- on your cable. What I did was um, I took like a, you know, those little plastic rolls that uh, dog poop bags come on. Yeah. They're about the same thickness as, uh, as duct tape. And so what I did was um, I just rolled up a whole bunch onto one of those. So rather than having to carry a a big roll of duct tape around with me, you know, it's like what five inches wide and just kind of takes up a bunch of space. I have like a ton of it, but this roll is only about an inch and a half at the largest. So it's tiny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I use that and I, like, I've used that so many times at shows I duct tape my, my pedals to the floor before cause they were sliding around. Like it's just super useful. Yeah. I hate that man. When pedals slide around, I, 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 I don't, I never really had that while touring, but like doing one-off shows and like using kits that aren't mine, it's just, man, it's so fucking frustrating cause you put so much effort into rehearsing and, and everything like that just to get up on stage and be so uncomfortable. Oh, I know. It just, just ruins the show for you. It's so painful. And then shit sliding around and this and that. And like, I don't know. So some people, some kids I've played on, I was like, I don't understand how you, how a drummer can sit there and be like, this feels great. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, this is, this feels horrendously bad. Yeah. Like, I don't know. We're, I know we're all different and we all, you know, have different bodies and they work differently and stuff. But I was just but like, some bodies are more wrong than others. I'm, I'm just shocked at <laughs> how guys set up their kits sometimes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, this leads me to my next thing, which isn't really something that goes in my, my gig bag, but it is something that I used to not take to gigs and now I do. And that's my drum rug. I'm like, that is a hundred percent necessary. And I think it was after the night that uh, my pedals slid and I had to tape them to the rug. I went out and I bought like a good drum rug and made sure that my pedals were Velcro to it and weren't going anywhere. And now I don't like that comes with me. I, I never leave that behind anymore. I have like three different drum rugs. Uh, I always, always bring one. Mm-hmm. Always. And I, yeah, before tour, I'll take all the tape off and I'll vacuum it and make it all nice and then retape everything how I have my kit set up like right then. And if I change anything between tours or anything like that, you know? Yeah, definitely. Oh my God. Taping your like rug is, that was so 
such a game changer. It just makes, I mean, the last show I played was with you and, in Waterloo, you guys helped me set my kit up, and it was like I had a pretty big kit. It took like no time. Oh, it's so easy, especially when you have it on a rack and you have your feet. All you need is the feet for the rack, so you just get those into position, and then you have where your feet end up for your kicks, and then you're set. Yeah, you're literally you that that's like your whole kit set up right there. You're done. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's great. I've, I've got like. It. I went over, like, I've got my pedals all marked out and everything like that. And yeah, yeah, um, yeah so I can definitely. throw those up. And it was, it's, yeah, it's great. And you know what I did for that was, again, I used duct tape. Maybe I should have used gaff tape, but uh, I bought some white duct tape and I cut the roll in half so that instead of two inches wide, it was only one. Yeah. And perfect. so that way I can get like fairly clear marks on the rug and uh, I don't have to use quite as much tape, which was pretty useful. Did you actually like take a saw and cut the whole roll in half? I took um, an X-Acto knife, a razor blade, and I clamped it in my vise, and then I spun the uh, the tape over it. And just like once I got around, I'd raise the blade a little bit, and I'd do it again. Holy shit, dude! Cool. Yeah, All it right. was great. It yeah. uh, worked really well, actually. I, I would have just, I would have just like taken off a a bit and. And then just slice it down the middle, and yeah, I don't know. Oh, man. Yeah, that would take forever. I mean, no, I probably wouldn't have taken much more, but now I don't have to worry about it. I just, I have those rolls. Two of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's badass, dude. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, you know, one other thing I, I take with me, and this is just like, this isn't a, I don't really have any, I haven't used it yet, but um, I have some really thick weather stripping. It's about an inch wide and like maybe a half inch um thick i guess and uh so it's just like this black kind of foamy stuff and i take about 12 inches of it It comes in a roll it's made to be put around doors and stuff to seal them from breezes and everything um yeah i take about 12 inches of it uh because it makes an awesome dampener if you need it so it's like and i mean i haven't really needed it but if you got to a place and for some reason you had a weird ring in your snare that you need to suddenly fix and you just like you know you're ready to go on stage you can just like slap that on there um See, or, I use I mean, moon gels, and I I always have uh, before tour. I'll I'll bring like two packs of moon gels as like a just in case. Mm-hmm. I know. always hate how gross they get, especially living with a dog. Yeah, my dog's <laughs> not really in the in the studio all too often. Uh, mm-hmm. It's mainly just like the uh, the little debris from the sticks. Yeah, uh, little wood chips that get stuck in it. But dude, you could wash them. So That's realistically, true. it's not that bad. Like you just run it under some water and and wipe it off. Eventually, they they get shitty and you throw them out. But mm-hmm. you know what I also used to do is actually take a like an old drum head. Like if it was a two ply, I'd only take one ply and I cut a square the same size and stick it on the back part, and that would keep it clean. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm also lazy, so I didn't want to have to do that all the time. Um, but I really like the, like, I don't really use a lot of dampening on my drums, mostly my floor toms, uh, especially my big one. Cause I want them to be pretty dead sounding. And so I found that moon gels for my floor toms didn't really do quite enough for me, but this, yeah. uh, this weather stripping stuff worked really well. Plus it's black yeah. and it looks cool. Yeah. So but yeah, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say cool. cool is the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've actually, that, I, I've actually tossed like a towel over my entire snare before to dampen it. Oh damn! Although I've seen videos of people doing that, and it didn't sound so bad. So, 
No, uh, it was at a very small, intimate venue when I was playing uh, for Maya Gomez. And the the sound guy actually asked me if I brought my light sticks that <laughs> night because we have to we have to play quiet. So I was like, ah, yeah, man, of course I did. These are my, I think I was playing fifty five abs. These are my light sticks, realistically. You know, they're yeah. not two bs. Like I, <laughs> you know, I'm not blasting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, and then I just like threw a towel over the whole snare and it, it dampened it right down and yeah, it was great. Nice. That way I could still kind of hit it and uh, I didn't have to like lightly tap, tapity tap, tap, <laughs> you know, but um, so, so some other things are a towel is another thing. Always oh, have yeah. a towel with you at all times, but that's just two or one one Don't forget your fucking towel. Yeah. You know what? I actually didn't take towels to shows for a while. And I just, I don't know why, because I would get so gross. I'd be like, oh, I'll just change the shirt. But I started taking one and keeping it behind the kit with me because I also hate, like, you're playing and then you start getting sweat in your eyes. And then, yeah. you know, people are taking pictures and you're, like, wincing trying to like, get this gross sweat out of your eyes. And Dude, uh, not only, like, sweat aside, I always found, because, like, I, I'll put my my whole stage outfit and everything, whatever show clothes I have, and my specific drumming shoes on like at least half an hour 45 before we go on mm -hmm. right um so when i'm setting up if somebody spilt water or beer or whatever on the stage my shoes get like the whole bottoms are get drenched right or something oh, yeah. sticky. So if I always have a towel right there before we start, I can wipe down my shoes, my pedals, if anything got on them. Because that's like the fucking worst, man. It's when you go to start a set and then your feet are sliding around everywhere because there's some moisture because some fucking assholes built a beer on yeah, the stage. Yeah, it's inevitable and, too. Yeah, like what, what are you going to do, right? And you got 10 minutes to get set up and then do a line check. Like, yeah. fuck. So at least having a towel there, you can fucking wipe your yourself off and, and you're good to go, man. So, mm -hmm. yeah, towels are useful. Um, and when it comes to sweat, I've also started using uh, like those wristbands, like the tennis ones. And a lot of bands sell them now, too. They're like a two-inch, yeah. three-inch, like, I don't know, if, I don't want to say cotton, but like the tennis players wear. Wear one of those yeah, in dude, either absolutely. wrist. Absolutely. I used to wear those all the time, man. Uh, mm -hmm. I had a nice set of Battlecross ones back in the day that uh, I would wear. I lost one of them now, though. So Yeah. Yeah. I love it. As soon as I started doing that, it's just like, oh, this is great. I can just quickly wipe my face, and it actually does something. But yeah, I also... Rather than wiping I'm, sweat on sweat. <laughs> yeah. But I also feel like, and this is just like, this might have no like scientific merit whatsoever, but I feel like it's probably good for your wrists to have something on there supporting them a little bit yeah you would you would think so right like some kind of support mm -hmm. um i mean i've had I sore wrists before and worn them and it helped so you know who knows yeah if anybody does know let us know let us can, know we can confirm that yeah does it actually help your wrist i uh, dude i'll say like i need to start stretching my wrist more um and when I'm rehearsing, when I'm practicing. Oh, yeah, yeah me too. I've just, just been, 
Yeah, a lot of the times when I hop on the kit, I'll 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 just like play some funky beats and stuff, right? When I'm just practicing. But then when I'm actually getting into like a session and stuff like that and and really really going at it, I can just feel the tension in my wrist start to go and I'm mm. like not not stoked on it. So yeah, my shoulder is yeah. my uh, thing that needs to be stretched before playing and I always seem to forget and then my shoulder hurts like after I'm done. I'm like, "Ah, damn." And it's like stretching after re- is always too late. Yeah, I remember you going through the shoulder pain and then almost immediately after you you got some recovery from it, uh my shoulder started to hurt. And I was like, "No. <laughs> no, I'm going to have to deal with this." But oddly enough, shoulder's been fine ever since that like I had like a a week and a half where it was bothering me, but it's been good ever since. So Nice. You know, I'm That's I'm great. lucky. I'm lucky in that way, I guess. Yeah. yeah it's been all right. So, so what else we got in our bags here? Um, one thing that, and this is also not just one thing, it's this is multiple things. But so I use uh, like, a, it's like a metal toolbox. Kind of looks like a briefcase that's made of metal for my triggers. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it opens like a little suitcase. It's got my my trigger module and my little mixer in there. And, and it's got a few other things. Um, it's where I keep like my, my cables and my, uh, just like most of these things that we've talked about, I keep in there, but it was designed as a toolbox. And so in the lid, there's like this insert that has all these little pockets. And I actually do keep a small toolkit there. So I have, um, like an adjustable screwdriver and I've got some Allen keys and I've got zip ties, which is, uh, zip ties and cable ties, which, uh, yeah. have like a million uses scissors. Those are useful. I've got like a little the the zip ties. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've got like a multi-tool that I have in there sometimes. It's sitting beside me right now, so I'll probably forget the next time I play a show. But yeah. uh, And I also have like, I mean, of course, like cymbal felts and and more drum keys and uh, washers and like the cymbal toppers and things like that that you might lose. Yeah. 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 100%, man. Um, another thing is, uh, since we use in-ears, I would say an extra set of in-ear monitors because I have had those things go on me like multiple times and within one tour, I've gone through several pairs of in-ears. So I like to have those of you who are millionaires and can buy more than one pair. I like to have two sets, man. I, I use the SC215s, man. They're like the... Bottom of the line, sure, in-ears, like it's, I know it's like a hundred and, I think they're $130 right now. Um, When I first started buying them, they're like 95 bucks or something. Um, But uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a safety thing. I like to have two pairs. Yeah. So You know what? One thing, uh, mine, because I use those same ones and uh, I had the same issue because they have a weird way that they connect to like the cable can detach from the monitor itself, but it also can spin freely. And uh, that's like the weak point. And mine were kind of crapping out. And I'm like, oh my God, like these are breaking again. And my brother had some uh, contact cleaner for electronics. And I put mm-hmm. it in the connection point. It's pretty much just like alcohol that you put in and you slosh it around and stuff. And it completely fixed it. And they, I didn't have an issue again. And I think just what happened was I got sweaty and it made the connection not as good. Yeah, yeah, man, that can easily happen. You got to make sure you clean them 
um, they come with a little tool to clean out and he like, cause they go right up in there. Right. So oh, yeah, they get he, gross and you're sweating and it releases a whole bunch of like stuff from in your body to outside your body. <laughs> so <laughs> like, you know, there can be wax buildup and all kinds of sweat and gross stuff. So honestly, cleaning them after every show is, you know, can, can save you definitely <laughs> a couple hundred bucks here and there, yeah, you know, definitely. He yeah, says as yeah. if he actually cleans his after every show. I do not. I <laughs> no. do not. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to do that. <laughs> I clean I them clean whenever them. I look at them and I want to vomit. That's when I do it. Yeah, exactly. And you take the little like uh, rubber piece off or foam piece or whatever you're using. And it's just like full of junk and gunk and stuff you clean it out and it's so much clearer in your ears oh yeah like oh my god there's so much more like high end in my kicks now uh there's been so many times that i was like oh my in-ears are breaking and then i like clean them out and realize like oh no they were just packed with ear smegma <laughs> yep that's it man that's it <laughs> <laughs> i had that the other day literally uh yeah so even when i'm at home i still can't clean them properly <laughs> or enough yeah so one thing that i was taking for a while uh and i know that these like i mean i'm using the sure uh in-ears but i know they make these for a lot of different brands is um sure comes with like rubber tips and kind of foamy tips that have a bit of a coating to help get the wax off of them but um you can also buy just like they're essentially yellow like construction earplugs that mm-hmm are made to go on to the sure in-ear monitors and they actually provide quite a bit more sound isolation than the tips that come with it. But oh, the, really? okay. yeah, and they're great, but the issue is that they don't have that anti-wax coating. So they, you can use them for a little while, but then you got to just get rid of them. And so I used to keep like a box of those and I've, I've since gone back to the other ones, but um, just cause I didn't want to keep spending money on it, but those were pretty useful. Honestly, I loved the foam ones that it came with before, but recently I've been using the the rubber ones, uh, and they I, they seem to work great. It's super easy for getting any wax or anything out because you can literally just squeeze it, and it all comes out. It's gross as hell, but <laughs> like rather than the I found the foam ones because it has like a little like mesh area and like trying to get it out of that like it just i don't know it became such a hassle yeah but i started using the rubber ones and dude i i don't know i love them i they they work great for me right now for the uses i think maybe playing live i might go back to the foam ones um just they might stay a little better uh Mm -hmm. and be more noise canceling but uh in the studio and everything i'm not moving around like i'm just Playing, yeah. right? I'm always nervous so. about the rubber ones just because I do think that they let a little bit more sound in. And yeah. uh, although lately I've been playing, like I put the the monitors in and at rehearsal, I actually put another set of construction headphones over top of them. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm considering doing that live. It doesn't look quite as cool, but I just don't want my hearing to go. So I might just have to make that call. Yeah, I honestly just switching to in ears from not using anything was a game changer for me, man. Was a major game changer. Mm-hmm. So I think um, I'm set with that, and I'll probably switch back to the foam ones for live because uh, it's a lot fucking louder. So 
Yeah, man. Yeah. So um, what, I also what else do you take to, with you? I do try to actually keep a set of um, earplugs or two with me. And I mean, normally when I'm at a show, oh. I'm typically wearing my in-ears around anyway. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm good. But like, if you have a friend there who doesn't have earplugs, it's just, it's nice to be able to to give those to somebody. I always just like, I feel bad because it's so bad for your ears to not be wearing earplugs at a show. Um, so I usually try to keep a set. Just, you know, better to have it not need it. Um, yeah, absolutely, man. 100%. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's like odd that I might keep in my, my little case, but I think we cover most of it. Honestly, I think like, I think that that's it as far as, uh, odd stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I used to keep a, uh, a wine opener <laughs> in my bag at all times. Just in Did case. You know how many times on tour you get, you end up just with a bottle of wine and nobody has a fucking corkscrew. So you got to come up with cool inventive ways to get the wine bottle open. Um, <laughs> and we actually did it on, I have no idea how we didn't have a corkscrew when we were on tour with Ailstorm uh, in Europe on, on a bus and there's no corkscrew. So we just took a shoe and you, you put the wine bottle on the bottom of the shoe and then you like hit it against the wall and the pressure just slightly pops the cork out enough so that you can grab it and just rip it out. I think it I've fucking seen that worked. Before. Yeah, it worked. We're fucking wasted at like 2 a.m. <laughs> as we're rolling down the highway trying to fucking get this wine bottle open. <laughs> uh, it was good times though. It, it worked and we drank the wine. After show wine is was always a, a good time. I I've never it. had sh- uh, after show wine yeah, man. yeah. I can't say that we've ever we're a fancy enough band to ever feel like we deserve wine after shows. Maybe I'll have to try it out. The, the Although, few times where I've managed to score like a full rider or anything for us, I always make sure I, at least one bottle of red wine is on there <laughs> for, and it's just for me because nobody else would drink it. <laughs> so you know they you made it their, when you get a rider. Yeah, I know. I think we we've done like three shows in our entire career with full riders, and that's it where we're headlining. So, you know, <laughs> oh man, the we'll first see. time we ever get one, I'm just gonna like request obnoxious things. Don't do that. Like <laughs> red, like a bottle lights. of red wine. <laughs> <laughs> there's only four band members. <laughs> we need a fifth one. Don't, don't just, worry just about it. Mm. Yeah, in case <laughs> one fails. <laughs> I plan on wearing one out. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> and that's it. Guys, that's all. That's the entire rider. Is is just flashlights. That's it. <laughs> and no one's allowed to go backstage. <laughs> yeah, it's worth mentioning that this episode is not sponsored by Flashlight. Yes, no, it is not. No, yeah. but Yet. if Flashlight would like to sponsor <laughs> the show, please. please send five of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh fuck, man. Uh, all right, man. Well. uh I feel like this might be a good spot to end it since we've deteriorated <laughs> our uh, conversation to flashlights. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think, the, I think we're good, man. Uh, that was a fun little chat. Um, yeah. Now I miss playing live shows more than before we talked. So 
thanks for that. You know, and, <laughs> you uh, do what I can. <laughs> Ooh, one more thing that I, I try to take with me was uh, a little tiny tripod, like a tiny one and yeah. uh, like a camera, like a phone holder. So that way, if I wanted to take a drum camera or something like that, I would try to keep that like easily accessible. Ah, I rarely did, nice. <laughs> but see, I would always go for, I have a couple of them that are like uh, a clamp, like a claw clamp with yeah. like an extendable thing to hold your phone or GoPro. I had, uh, I have several GoPros, but like back when I was doing more touring and capturing drum videos and stuff. Yeah. I did hero three something or other. Yeah. Um, I've actually got one of those too. Come to think of it. It's also uh, in my, my bag. <laughs> yeah. You used to always have that. I had a little case for it and it would kind of just live in my, um, my rack unit that would have all my shit. And then that way I could just like pull it out, turn it on, literally clamp it up top somewhere, point it somewhat at my kit. And most of the time it was pretty good. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's always cool. good just to have it, even if you don't put it up. Like that way you can kind of critique your own playing and be like, oh, you really fuck that up, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely. It's... Watching your own playing is so important. It's like every time I've ever done it, I've been like, oh, what am I doing? Why am I doing it like that? Yeah. Like, dude, you're throwing too many sticks. You need to calm the <laughs> fuck down. Nobody cares. <laughs> oh, man. All right, dude. Well, that was a, that was a fun chat. Uh, and, you know, hopefully uh, we chat again soon. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, man. It was good. And uh, anybody listening, if you have any weird things or things that we miss that you take with you in your drum bag, let us know. Because um, it's always fun to hear about that stuff. Who knows? Maybe it'll be something that we add to our bags. Yeah. I will say that I always keep uh, a straight dozen pairs of Los Cabos 5Bs white hickory uh, on me at all times. All times. So. <laughs> and he's not he's not lying. It's all the time. Even when he's just like all at the bank. <laughs> at the yeah, literally anywhere. I'm walking down the street, fuck a brick of five B's right there, baby. <laughs> that and and um resonant heads for snares. Uh yeah. Oh man. It's from an earlier that. episode. Uh I said I carried one around all the time. So there you go. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, good chats. And until next time, bye, everybody. Keep drumming. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're feeling especially kind, we would love it if you would share this with a friend or two. If you have any comments, questions, or even suggestions for future shows, please let us know. You can fire us a message, and we'll do our best to get back to you. Catch you next time.